0: Welcome to the dream achievers podcast hosted by Andy Young. Join us each week as we feature local business owners, nonprofit leaders and community members that are making a difference in central and southwestern Virginia. We love your community and want to feature people that share that same passion. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Dream Achievers. I'm Andy Young, the Mountain Money Man here in Lynchburg. Unfortunately, I'm in my office today. It's a gorgeous day outside as we're recording this, but I've got JB with us. Uh, and JB, uh, you're outside actually enjoying everything with this pretty weather. So uh, you've got the right idea today uh, with that. But uh, JB's with Iron and Earth and it does some amazing work when it comes to handcrafting metalworks. Uh, so JB, if I wanna know, I always ask this, did you grow up doing metal work the whole time uh, here in Lynchburg or what brought you to town?
1: No, so I grew up uh, just north of Richmond, um, kinda in a very rural area. Uh, my parents were kind of, handy people i guess my my dad built the house i grew up in so we were kind of always i was always helping him on the side doing stuff so metal work wasn't really uh a, my thing growing up um but work like woodworking or simple carpentry stuff is kind of was always something that i was around and working with power tools and hand tools so
0: yeah. My, my wife's dad is, is amazing like that. He designed the house that they grew up in and then actually built it. <laughs> and to, to see uh, that come together, I, I mean, I can, I can build a piece of furniture or do some woodworking and stuff like that. But to, to, put, to, to put to thought and to do something like that uh, takes a lot of skill with that. So if you grew up, you were around handy people, you were doing that. When was it that you said, Hey, there's a forge. Let me get next to that super hot thing and start beating metal with a big hammer.
1: So, um, it kind of started even before I, I got a forge. I, uh, had been, I was in college here at Liberty, um, for a little bit. And I had a lot of friends that we, we were like getting outdoors and I grew up camping and stuff like that as well. I grew up on close to a hundred acres of land with a collective of like three or four different families. And we, it was kind of like always having outdoor tools, whether it was like, Oh, like having a hatchet or you're working, you know, you've got like a pocket knife or something on you going camping. You always had this, like, you always had a camp knife or something to split firewood, like an ax or something. And I just, Wanted a high quality tool to take camping um, as an adult and realized, uh, started doing more and more research, like realized, man, yeah, there's some really cool stuff out there. Really good, high quality stuff, not just something you buy off of, you know, you you go from Amazon or Walmart, you know, just picking up the cheapest thing you can get. Uh, So when I looked into that as a college student, I realized I couldn't afford it um you know working uh you know 30 hours a week at captain d's barely covered my rent and all my other bills so um kind of had to figure out a way to to afford it and i thought about it did some research and found a couple of youtube videos actually of guys making them with very minimal tools and um hacksaw files and like uh drills like handheld drills and stuff and I was like I could do that that that's totally doable um spend $25 on tools we could totally do this and kind of went down the rabbit hole after that
0: but you know you you mentioned growing up on uh on 100 acres and just kind of necessity being the mother of invention Uh, my grandmother for as long as I could remember had what she referred to as a potato hoe but it was, it was just a a modified hoe that my grandfather had made out on the farm because it was just easier to do stuff that was in a narrow bed to work around stuff. Uh, but it it was the kind of the rough, the rough, uh, end to it and everything, but it, it was great. I mean, it lasted for, gosh, I don't know, 50 plus years, uh, with that. And still I'm sure my aunt uses it today, but You know when you see that, and you you got into it that you started doing some some small work that you said, "Hey, I I need a little bit better tool for when I'm camping." I'm doing that. What you're doing now is not on that level. So what what took you to the next step with that?
1: Um, so I made a couple of like I wouldn't call them knife, but like a knife shaped object or so, Um, (laughs) and kind of moving along and realizing, you know, I wanted to do the next step, which was basically figuring out how to get a forge or do something and saw that you could do it in a charcoal pit. So I basically dug a hole in the ground, took a hair dryer and some cast iron pipe and like started, you know, turning up the heat on that. Uh, I found a railroad, an old railroad tie, used that as an anvil went to the hardware store, got the cheapest engineer's hammer I could find and, you know, whatever steel and some vice grips. Moved on from there, eventually looking for mentorships, knowing that, hey, like there's only so far that these tools are going to take me um, or what I can afford now. So talked with a couple of, found a couple other knife makers that kind of let me into their shop and Uh, mentored me a little bit, letting me use their, their higher end tools and really like developing skill and then eventually buying all my own stuff and getting all my own shop stuff set up and moving on from there. So.
0: So when did you take this from being just kind of a a passion that you said, Hey, this is kind of neat. I'm going to make some things for myself to creating this into a business as iron and earth
1: oof um let's see uh my son is turning five this year so almost five years i guess um it was like just a hobby before then and then all of a sudden like i think people had just i had some friends that were messaging me like hey could you make a a knife for this person for christmas or something i was like Well, yeah, I could. And they were just like, well, how much would it be? And I, you know, gave them a super low price because I had no idea what I was doing or like no idea what (laughs) was going into it. And then, um, you know, sold five knives that Christmas and then another three before the winter was over. And then that's kind of where it developed more into a business of like all right, now I kind of want to be way better. Like, I really want, and then seeing other makers and talking with my mentors and putting out stuff that I knew was much higher quality um, and could outlive me.
0: So, yeah, I'm like I said, you've got some beautiful pieces. I, I'm looking online right now as far as with that. I know that I've seen with your chef knives that have been featured that you've made uh, some beautiful pieces with that. Uh, so just the woodwork that goes into creating the, the handle uh, is amazing just to see the burl wood and everything that just makes it pop out. Uh, but what were some of those initial challenges? I, I know you'd laugh that you said like, hey, I made some knife shaped objects initially, but, you know, some of those initial challenges, whether it be cr- starting up as a business and moving this from being a hobby to something that's helping to support you and your family. Or maybe just kind of learning the actual process that you want to share with us.
1: Um, so learning the actual process took me. I went. You know, I've had like three or four different mentors that I've I've worked with, and it's you know that process was it was very long, and I'm still learning every single day that I work. Like you know, learning things are that don't. You know, they make my life easier, like whether it's a different way of, of handle shaping or a glue up process, like, because messing with epoxy is not fun. Um, it Or it's a forging process, you know, learning, thinking outside the box, not just thinking like, oh, because this one person does it this way, that that's how it has to be done from this point on. And like talking with other makers and basically, especially the ones that are, actually doing it for a living and learning from them to say, you know, whatever you need to do to get by, like whatever, like be like, invent, make things, find better ways to do your work so that you can continue to do your work. Um, getting down, learning that like has, it, it takes me every single day to continue to learn that, but learning the, to get to where I'm at, like the past, I'd say, three years have really with me having my own shop have kind of just pushed me to be more independent because I'm not really I don't have somebody that can just turn to and say like hey can you help me out with this immediately um like my the closest bladesmiths that I have as friends live in Richmond um and it so it's a three and a half hour drive to get down there, um, to to be able to work with them, if I need to use any heavy machinery or anything like that with them, otherwise, I have to make do with what I have in my shop, um, which is nothing compared to what they've got in theirs. I mean, I don't have hydraulic presses or power hammers or anything you see on Forge and Fire, really, other than a forge and an anvil and a belt sander. So,
0: I mean, we can get you a watermelon or something to try to hit with the blade, just for yeah. fun. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the the way that I initially found you here in the community in in Lynchburg uh, is through a group called vector space uh, you know how did you get involved with vector space?
1: So vector space um, they you know started up as a community maker space. Um, I had kind of been working in a similar shop space in downtown Richmond um, where mm-hmm it was more of a big warehouse building where a whole bunch of makers worked out of, and we all kind of had our own separate shops, but we all worked together as well. Like we all, Hey, can I use your bandsaw real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Can I use your planer? Sure. Can I use the forge? Can I use your press? Whatever you need? You know, we were very generous. And then they um, Elise and Adam have are from Richmond as well. And after talking with them about how, that they were inspired through a Richmond maker space um, to kind of be here in Lynchburg. And I went through talking with them and figuring out, Hey, how to do knife classes because uh, they wanted to be able to bring that. They had a couple of different options, but um, I'd been doing it for a while at that point uh, when I started teaching with them and figuring out the kind of a simpler method than using an anvil and a hammer and a forge. Um, and a way that most people that have no, that have zero knowledge can basically step in and um, in a day, even walk away with their own knife. So.
0: And I know right now there's some neat things going on with maker fair. Uh, yeah. But I've seen a lot of stuff with that. So I, uh, what are you doing to participate with that right now jb
1: so maker fair is something that uh vector space definitely is like a very key um group involved they're very i guess they're in the main drive behind it but um it's just a bunch of different makers and in the area uh whether it's woodworking or metalworking or sewing, um, leather work, whatever it is, uh, even the Homebrewers Association in the area is involved in it, but it's a collective fair of makers and just showcasing the community that we have here in central Virginia, and especially in the Lynchburg area. For me, uh, I stepped in as kind of like the the knife maker. they have a couple other people that dabble in knife making but a lot of them are are just blacksmiths that do it on occasion uh whereas that's my main focus um and that's kind of where i stepped in to work with maker fair and especially this year was awesome they did videos for almost everybody showcasing their work and their process and uh that i think was a huge benefit to a lot of people because the actual fair itself was really just one day. Um, in a normal year, it's just one day people come out, they spend the day there. Maybe they stop by your, your station for like five to 10 minutes and talk to you. They don't get to see the whole process. Whereas this year when they did the videoing, they really tried to focus on the start to end and showing the different tools that we use and, and all that. And I feel like that was a a great way to utilize, uh, this state that we're in
0: yeah and i'm going to include a link if you're watching this on youtube right now there's going to be a link above where you can click and watch your uh your actual spotlight video with that Uh, okay yeah there's some fantastic uh people that i've seen participating in that from miss joys uh, with doing baking uh or even other local artisans like Benaya prince uh with doing the print for the t-shirts and everything so it's really neat to see all of this collect, as you put it, it's an it's a collective of people that create product. It's not something that you're shipping out. Uh, that's uh, you know something that's being imported from another country or anything. This is made right here locally in Lynchburg, and you can support other people's families by supporting local and small business owners, uh, which is fantastic. So you mentioned some of the relationships that have been important to you to this point. Some of your mentors that you've had along the way, or relationships with Vector Space. Uh, You know, anybody else that's been important along that way as far as helping to support you and and getting this launched for your business?
1: Um, I mean, my wife has been a a huge support of it. Uh, she's kind of been one of those, one of those wives, I feel like that's just like, right. If you, if this is something that you're passionate about, keep doing it, like there's don't back down from it. Um, That's kind of been a big motivation. I have enjoyed, you know, I have a lot of friends that have kind of pushed me and really because they've shown me support as well as far as like taking a class with me or buying, you know, they carry one of my knives or their knives are in their kitchen kind of deal. Like they're, they help promote who I am and like what I do and, you know, have, You've got businesses like I actually, you mentioned Benaya prints. They print all of my stuff. Um, They're actually really good friends of mine as well. So, uh, you know, I work with them quite often on stuff. Um, I, there's a lot of other, I think people involved, but you know, as far as major, major roles, you know, your, your spouse, I think, is kind of my spouse is kind of like definitely one of the ones that has pushed me beyond what I could do before.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know for me that that's uh, that's kind of the anchor to everything that I have going on is making sure that I've got that support at home uh, and taking care of my, you know, my family while I'm out and working and helping other families. So where can people keep up with what you're doing right now, JB, as far as uh, Facebook, Instagram, website, where if they wanna know more or see what products you have available right now for purchase, where can they do that?
1: So if you're gonna wanna keep up with me, uh, Instagram is definitely the best way. Uh, It's my main updating of of, of products. You know, I put things that are about to happen, or major events so that have happened in the past, like up there. But my website is where I stock everything, which is ironandearth.net. Um, I've started doing batch work to kind of help offset the uh, labor and custom orders for me. So, what that means is every two to three months, I release, say, like five to 10 knives of varying different ones, whether it's a chef's knife or, uh, small hunting knives, um, so that the public can kind of have a better chance at getting a product and not having to wait, um, or put out money all up front for a custom order that may, they may take up to six months. So. Well,
0: fantastic. So in that, uh, that Instagram account, do you know the the handle for that that we can include?
1: Uh, so I believe it's iron and earth, LLC was what it's is on Instagram.
0: All right. And you were right. I double checked it just to make sure. And we'll include that link down below as well in the show notes, uh, for everybody. Uh, so if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, it doesn't matter if it's Apple podcast or Spotify or Google, Hey, do me a favor, be sure to, to like, and subscribe so that that way you never miss an episode. We're coming out every single Wednesday with somebody else here local in the community in central or southwestern Virginia that's making a difference and helping out. Uh, JB, I, th- I think that definitely fits you. But when we look at this as far as moving forward, if we said 20 years from now, we look back, what is it you want to be remembered for here in the community
1: uh, of Lynchburg? Um, it's probably going to be helping other makers and developing their business. Um, I own a couple other businesses as well um, that are here in the area. And that's kind of been my focus after Iron and Earth is kind of just more of the creative aspect of it that pushes me and puts me out there. But I have developed the business, taking it from just the hobby to a business in a way that, I think a lot of other makers don't realize that they can actually do that and how simple it is, is if they, you know, put their mind to it. Fantastic.
0: Well, JB, we look forward to continuing to see your journey uh, as you go through this, be sure to, uh, to follow JB on Instagram, be sure to go to his website. There's some beautiful work that's there that you can pick up uh, for yourself or for somebody else for a gift. I'm sure JB would not be uh, upset at all if he saw you in one of his classes uh, in the near future with that. But, uh, JB, we appreciate your time being able to share with us today. And for all of those that are listening or watching, I look forward to catching you down the road the next time. Until then, this is Andy Young, the Mountain Money Man, signing off.